other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, New York City had better get used to some rough weather this week. To be honest, the whole region had better get used to some rough weather this week. Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a state of emergency, and this is all due to the forthcoming nor'easter storm, a large coastal storm that's expected to bring rain and gusty winds to New York City. But upstate, they could be seeing up to a foot of snow. They say in our area down here, in the uh, downstate area, we probably won't get more than a couple of inches. But I'm glad we're getting at least a couple of inches of snow. I would hate to see winter go away without us getting at least a little snow. Hopefully things clear up in time for St. Patrick's Day so everybody can have a good time with their St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Hey, speaking of St. Patrick's Day, get ready for St. Patrick's Day with WABC Radio's exclusive merchandise collection. Celebrate in style with our green-themed hats, T-shirts, glasses, and much more. Whether you're heading to the parade or just enjoying a pint with friends, our collection has got you covered. Don't miss out on this limited-time offer. Visit WABC radiostore.com now and grab your St. Patty's Day gear before it's gone. I will be purchasing some WABC Radio St. Patrick's Day gear for my Irish wife and my Irish son. I'm always eager to collect as much WABC paraphernalia and merchandise as I can. It's driving my wife crazy. Our house is filled with all sorts of WABC merchandise that I've purchased. But hopefully we can get at least one St. Patrick's Day item and that won't push her over the edge. Happy St. Patrick's Day from those of us here at WABC. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I don't know if you saw the New York Post story yesterday, but evidently New York's junior senator, Kirsten Gillibrand, has been raising money, dangling the prospect of a potential foe next year to her prospective campaign donors. What she's telling people is she needs to raise a whole bunch of money now because she's afraid that Andrew Cuomo, these are my words, not hers, that Andrew Cuomo may run against her next year. I have to tell you, I think there's actually a great chance of this happening. Now, if I were advising Andrew Cuomo, I would advise him to humble himself as he did in 2006 when he ran for attorney general instead of running for governor again. What he should do is run for Congress in a seat that's currently held by a Republican, in a seat, say, like the Michael Lawler seat in the Hudson Valley. But Andrew Cuomo is incapable of humbling himself. And I suspect that he views himself only capable of holding statewide office. I think there's a great chance that this may occur. And I actually think Cuomo may have a chance in a Democratic primary against Gillibrand. He's got plenty of money. He's got plenty of name recognition, albeit not all of it is positive. My hope is that there will be...
will be a Democratic primary next year with someone on the progressive left, maybe an AOC type, and someone kind of in the centrist wing of the Democratic Party, maybe someone like former Governor David Patterson, who actually appointed Gillibrand. And uh, I hope that the Republicans put out a vibrant candidate in the general election. I've said that I hope it's Andrew Giuliani. And I'd love to see a, a major third party candidate running as well. There's no reason that Gillibrand should be given a free ride. She has been a disappointing senator as far as I'm concerned, and uh, I don't really see her delivering very much for the people of the state of New York. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Hats off to my friend Sid Rosenberg. He did a tremendous interview with New York City's Mayor Eric Adams yesterday morning, and they made a ton of news. Mayor Adams acknowledged that former NYPD Chief of Training Juanita Holmes' abrupt exit from the police department came amidst a difference of thoughts on policy between her and the police commissioner, Keechan Sewell. This is what uh, Mayor Adams told Sid Rosenberg. I thought it was brilliant that Chief Holmes, who's now Commissioner Holmes, uh, brought Cardi B in to talk to young ladies. She has this thing called Girls Talk. She has been doing it for years. Uh, back when I was ball president, I was impressed with it. She, on her time, goes out and have conversations with young girls and put them on the right pathway with professionals, uh, with women who have made mistakes in life to give them some type of input. And that was the case with Cardi B. You know, if, if one were to say that Cardi B should not talk to young girls on how they should improve their lives because she was arrested. And what does that say about me? You know, I was arrested as a child and yep. uh, that was a, that was a learning experience. I have to tell you, by giving Juanita Holmes this commissionership from the Department of Probation, a department that she's never worked in, even though Adams is now publicly acknowledging that his own police commissioner wanted her out of the NYPD, this completely undercuts the authority that his police commissioner has. If you're a police officer, why would you ever, or a chief or an inspector, why would you ever listen to what the police commissioner says? All you have to do, based on what Adams told Sid yesterday, is just go over her head to the deputy mayor or to the mayor himself and hope they like what you say better. This is really wrong. You want your police commissioner to be strong, and this is a dramatic undermining of a very skilled police commissioner. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. The New York Post reporting yesterday that efforts are underway to create a moderate party in New York State and elsewhere. And you might think, well, Frank Morano's a third party guy. He kind of averages out to be a centrist. He'd probably love this idea of a moderate party. Well, you'd be wrong. This is a scheme to aid Democrats who were punished at the polls in last year's midterm elections over what critics claim are left field soft on crime policies. One of the organizers of the campaign to establish the new party is Dan Cantor, a founder 
founder and former director of the Working Families Party that's been accused of pulling Democrats too far to the left and is currently fighting more moderate Democrat New York City Mayor Eric Adams' agenda. So the campaign to get the moderate party on the ballot for the 2024 presidential election year is portrayed as an attempt to woo centrist voters disguised by the polarization of the two major parties into backing more like-minded candidates. I think the important thing to keep in mind here is voter beware. Don't just vote for a candidate because his name appears on a cool-sounding party. Research each race and see what each candidate is about. Don't vote for someone because they're on the Republican line, the conservative line, the Democratic line, or the moderate party line. You know, we toyed during the mayor's race with Curtis in 2021 about the idea of creating a progressive party line. And my wife said to me, well, he shouldn't really create a progressive party line. He's not really progressive. I said, sure he is. He's progressive on all sorts of things. He believes in progress. He's a real progressive. We opted not to. We called the line the independent party line because Curtis has much more of an independent streak than a progressive one. The bottom line here, folks, is be aware of who you're voting for, what candidates and what they stand for. Don't just vote for a party label. As far as I'm concerned, this is yet another case for nonpartisan elections. Beam me up. To be continued.